to the Piney Pastors Podcast, the elders meeting after show where we hang out to discuss theology and issues relevant to covenant members at Piney Ridge Church in Wentzville, Missouri. It's like a Bible study, covenant members gathering, elders hang out, and talk show all wrapped up into one. And it's all about making disciples of Jesus Christ. So grab another cup of coffee and let's get started. Well, greetings from the conference room uh, slash cry room slash storage room at Piney Ridge Church. Uh, I'm Steve Hopped, and uh, you see there Sir Jason Myers Esquire, one of the other pastors at Piney Ridge Church. And we have with us today Joshua Monroe, who is a deacon candidate at Piney Ridge Church, and we are pleased and excited to welcome him. And today we wanted to just take some time to, uh, I guess, more or less interview Josh on this podcast so that um, the people that I know that many of you know Josh really well, and uh, but some of you maybe are newer to Piney Ridge Church and you don't know him as well. So we just thought we would give you an opportunity to get to know him. So, um, Anyway, I'm excited to I'm excited for Josh to be in. I'm excited when I was excited when he accepted the invitation to enter the deacon process. Um, I've known Josh ever since I came to Piney Ridge Church in 2013. I know him to be a humble and uh, servant hearted man. And uh, I believe that he will fit right in to our, our deacon body. Jason, you want to say some unkind things about Josh now? Yes, I have a list. Uh, let me find it. No, uh, uh, Josh, um, my first question is, is that your real name? Because there is a rumor that it's actually Fred. Oh, boy. Uh, no, Josh is not my real name. It is Joshua. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> You're, are you joshing? No, no, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. <laughs> no, it is definitely Joshua. No matter what, I frequently uh, write on checks or legal documents by mistake. <laughs> mm. So, uh, no, but uh, it's not but Fred. We have it on good authority that your name is Fred. <laughs> I uh, for, for the backstory, um, I guess. It, at my age, there were a lot of Joshes in my grade school, uh, in classes, on soccer teams, and stuff like that. So um, I want to say when I was probably about seven or eight, uh, my dad's nickname for me, which was Fred, um, which he uh, he started calling me Freddie Flipperfoot because when I was young, I would put his shoes on and the, sh- the shoes would flop around on my feet and he liked alliteration. So he called me Freddie Flipperfoot. That got shortened as I got order- older. And then I think the origin of it was um, there were like three other Joshes on my soccer team and uh, the coach heard my dad calling me Fred and said, oh, that's really helpful. Can I call him that too? And it stuck. And uh, up through college, I was uh, mostly known by my nickname, Fred. So Joshua, wasn't... Josh, Fred Monroe. I like yeah, that. so yeah. Uh, I will still often run into people from, I guess not that often, but I'll, I'll run into people from college and high school and they'll often call me Fred. So, Do they know your real name was Joshua, not Fred? 
Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, that makes that's what but, makes it fun. Yeah. The whole the whole Fred nickname gets awkward when you're interviewing for a defense contractor and they're doing background checks and they call your <laughs> your references and they say, Josh. Um, I don't know a Josh. I know a Fred. Oh, you mean Fred. <laughs> <laughs> and you did not disclose that as, as yeah. an alias. <laughs> well, Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family? Sure. So, um, I, uh, I have a wife, Kara, um, and two kids, Teddy and Mary. Uh, Teddy's nine, Mary's seven. Uh, we live in Wright City, and uh, Kara and I are both from the, the greater St. Louis area originally. Uh, I grew up in Belleville, Illinois, just across, uh, I want to say just across the river, but we're across two rivers, um, so just exactly. across the Mississippi. Um, and uh, Kara and I met down in Rolla, uh, going to college. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. How long you guys (laughs) been married? Oh gosh. So we've been married. What is it? 13 years, 13, 13, 14, maybe hold on. Let me do math. I thought you were going to go get Kara. (laughs) No, no. I'm about to go check the, uh, the cross stitch on the other side of the wall here. Yeah. (laughs) But no, we were married in uh, 2007. So gosh, that's 14. Yeah, 14. And be 14 in August. And you live out in Wright City, and you have some um, some sketchy neighbors, I hear. Yes, very unusual neighbors. Um, <laughs> we live next to the the Smiths, and uh, down the road from the the Hornburgers and the Funks. So you keep an eye on them, or is it other way around? Oh, it goes it goes both ways. I'm sure. Okay, good. I'm good. sure. In the eldership, that area is known as the Smith Compound. If if you want to know for no, perfect. You can you can yeah. call it what you like, but that's what we call. Yeah. it. you can call it the Monroe <laughs> Compound if you would like. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, Josh, uh, the first question that we have for you this morning is uh, just you're you're a deacon candidate. So, just tell us what uh, in your mind a deacon is and why. Why you have a desire to be a deacon? Uh, so in, in my mind, uh, a deacon is a servant of the church. Um, it's, it's an appointed office. So there's, you know, it's not just anybody that's serving the church, but um, the goal is to serve the church. And uh, to me, it's primarily in two ways. It's directly serving and meeting the needs of, of people in the church and leading them and serving uh, and taking care of all kinds of needs. But then uh, the second way is in uh, preserving the focus of the elders on preaching, teaching, and shepherding the church. Uh, I think we see that in, in Acts. And the, when the deacons were, were the first seven were initially chosen, um, the reason was that there were needs not being met and the desire to um, preserve that. Um, was a part of the reason. Uh, obviously, I think if if you guys had to run off and take care of of all the the individual needs of the church, at uh, that time would have to come from somewhere, and um, best not to take that from the the shepherding of the church, studying the word, teaching, and preaching. So, well done. Mm-hmm. 
And so why why do you have that desire? I know I know I strong armed you into <laughs> applying the deacon process, but 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 there's a desire. There had to be a desire on your part as well. So why why would you want to be a deacon? Um. Well, I, I mean, aside from Steve strong arming me, because it, well, it was in his Christmas cards. <laughs> but uh, when it gets to that point, I think I think there's some concern that, like, at some point you got to submit to the elders. But no, no, that's uh, all, all joking aside. Um, I, I I may have said this in my application, but um, somebody's got to do it, and um, I think it's essential, and somebody has to do it, and and so when you ask, well, why do I want to be a deacon? It's not because, well, um, I don't know what to say. It's not, <laughs> uh, I, I, I view it as a job that needs to be done. It's a job that I, I feel that I'm equipped to, to do. And so, um, in service to the church and to the Lord, um, something, something to do, um, not to, not to compare being a, a deacon at all to this, but I, if you saw somebody taking out the, the trash at, at the church building, you would never ask like, well, why did you want to do that? Right. Yeah. Well, it's because the trash needed to be taken out. It's important. I, you know, I, I care for the church and the building and, and I'm thankful for it. And so um, I, I chose to do that. So um, yeah. don't know if that answers your question or if that makes sense it or does. if I was rambling, but <laughs> no, no. you know, it was interesting when I uh, went to your father's funeral, uh, a while back, uh, I was struck by the many different people who talked about your father and how he was such a servant-hearted man, how he was uh, so willing to, uh, to help people, always there, always willing to help, always going the extra mile. And I looked at Sandy and I said, well, the apple did not fall far from the tree, Josh. So we know that, that it's in your heart. It's maybe even in your, possibly your DNA a little bit. And certainly in your upbringing, uh, you had a great role model for, for serving others. So, uh, so, Josh, what is your favorite thing about Piney Ridge Church? Or you don't have to limit it to one. <laughs> that is it's difficult to, to answer. Um, I would say there's, there's a lot of things that drew us to um, Piney Ridge initially. And um, one of those was um, a lot of Piney's core values and beliefs. Um, the, the way children are handled um, with, with piney kids, but the emphasis on keeping them in services, uh, the emphasis on family worship is one of the things that stood out to us initially. And, and when we came to piney, um, I don't think we were quite, uh, pregnant, but we were, uh, we were very close there. And so, uh, family was something that was in the forefront of our minds. And so, I, I think that emphasis is probably one of my, my favorite things. Uh, at the very first service we attended, uh, it was the Hornburgers actually were sitting behind us and invited us to Piney Family. And uh, that very first week, we, we came. It was at the, the Funk's house at the time, uh, the Myers Piney Family. And 
then not long after that, I think the Hornburgers had us over for dinner and uh, Doug did family worship there with their family. And uh, that's one of the things that just stood out right off the big, right, right at the beginning. And uh, I think we've, we've always enjoyed. That's cool. You have anything to add, Jason? Yeah. Just feel oh. free, Jason, you feel free. <laughs> If you have a follow-up question or anything. Well, Josh, I was going to say that one, uh, we would have accepted also your favorite things about Piney Ridge Church, Steve Hopped or Jason Myers. Um, that would have been an acceptable answer, but Amen. whatever. The, the pastor's jokes, I think, is, That's is right. probably number two. Uh, <laughs> Close second. <clears throat> yes, and, and, and this would probably be a good time to point out that it was all Joshua Monroe who was behind the uh, Steve Hopped song the other day on uh, at the end of the gathering. Yeah, Steve, I want to see you do your eyebrows like that. That was impressive. <laughs> there you go. Look at that. I, I would say that was that was not all me. Oh, I, yeah. I happened to show it to a few people in the band who were practicing. It's and all, uh, it's it was Kenny you, that gosh. determined that has to happen. It's Steve's birthday today, which I did not know at the time that I did it. Um, really? <laughs> no, it was my birthday. Well, that's funny. Um, I, go ahead. Uh, I, I prepared video clips of all three of you. So. Oh, oh see, so you, you just got you just got lucky, Steve. More of those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's keeping in the, in the vein of Piney Ridge church, um, you're going to be, if you are, are finally after this long process appointed as a deacon, um, you're going to be in leadership at Piney Ridge church. And so with that in mind, what is, what is one of your greatest desires that you hope to see for Piney Ridge church and, and also, What's what's at least one thing that that you pray about frequently for Piney Ridge Church? I I think it's essentially the same answer for both, um, okay. and that's that's unity. Uh, not that I necessarily see us as as uh, not being unified as one church, but I think that it's it's something that's easily lost, and there are little things that that can creep in, and so. Um, I think that's continued unity, growing unity, um, is, is one of my greatest desires and most frequent prayers, uh, for Piney Ridge Church. Amen. Yeah. All right. Great. Uh, Josh, in your, uh, we'll focus now just on you as a, a follower of Christ. Uh, what are things that you do, uh, in, and, and the background for this question is that, is that Jason and I are, are both aware that as leaders of this church, it's there's an even greater responsibility on us to to be sure that we are pursuing God, to be sure that we are um, not just leading with our words, but leading with our lives. And uh, and so, with that in mind, uh, what are some things that you do to intentionally uh, pursue? And in, and to intentionally uh, seek to strengthen your relationship to Christ. Um, so I, I guess I would say first of all, uh, <laughs> I, I I certainly don't think that I that I do enough. I don't think many of us think that we do enough. Um, some of the things that I guess I do I do frequently. Um, 
I have a couple podcasts that I listen to regularly. Um, one that I got hooked on fairly recently and I'm trying to work my way through um, is the the 10 minute Bible hour podcast. Um, and I just like listening to that when I'm doing things like I was not long ago out splitting some firewood and just having the opportunity to put that on, listen to um, scripture discussed and, uh, and walk through and just, uh, spur thoughts in my mind, prayers. Um, but then also, um, reading scripture, it's something that, that I don't think diving directly into scripture. I do as frequently as I should. Um, I think it should be daily and it's not daily for me. Um, but it's something that I work on. I try to be intentional about, um, as far as, as pursuing God. But, um, one of the things that, probably the past five years has just really helped me a lot is um, in pursuing God is in teaching my children and trying to shepherd my children. I spend a lot of time thinking and praying about them and thinking about things, (sighs) contemplating scripture for them to explain to them, to teach them. uh, And, and it's amazing how often I end up teaching myself through that. Amen. And that, uh, you know, it's ways that it grows me. Uh, most recently, though, in the past several months, the the deacon exam that, that Jason sent to me, um, going through that is, <laughs> I, I highly recommend it. Would you say the word torture comes to mind? <laughs> I. <laughs> so in talking to some of the other deacons, it's like, ah, oh, that was, it was hard. But when you're done, I'm so glad that I, that I did it. I yeah. honest to goodness have printed it and put it in the fireproof lockbox um, <laughs> that we have. Uh, it was just, it was so good to go through. Um, Amen. And, and discuss. And, and I, I think I learned so much just having to clarify my own thoughts, um, do some research and, and write it down. Um, Attempting to summarize things that you might ramble on for 20, 30 minutes into a few sentences uh, and distill things down uh, really, really does a lot. And it's uh, it's left me with a desire to do that more frequently, essentially, you know, make up my own <laughs> my own questions or or take the, the things that I often spend time thinking about and considering and praying about and saying, you know what, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Let me attempt to distill it down to a paragraph. I I have gone back and read my answers on a similar exam. Ours, ours had all of the questions you had, plus 100 more for the eldership process. Which, by the way, Josh, if you want, we can give you that one, too. <laughs> but I've gone back to read some of my answers, and it's just amazing to me how much uh, I've grown even – and being a part of the eldership and being um, uh, in a position where I preach and so I have to study scripture and uh, I go back and read some of my answers and I think, my, I, I've really changed. Uh, I, I should probably go back and take the exam again. Uh, don't get any ideas, Jason. But, uh, you know, it, 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 it's, it really was. I, it was really a, a, you, what you said is correct, just synthesizing things to uh, be coherent enough and then writing it down is, is a really um, 
Oh, it's a it's a mind disciplining thing, right? It, it helps you to grasp more what uh, what you really believe, and uh, yeah, it's it's great. You know, uh, I often say, going back to what you were talking about with your children, I often say that that parent parenthood is one of the greatest sanctifying tools that God uses in the lives of His children, and. Uh, that and marriage, those are the two sanctifying tools that God uses uh, in, in, in our lives. But you and, know what? I, I think that what you both just shared about how, um, you know, writing things out, making it clear in your mind, um, and then just when you are in leadership, whether it's as a, as a father, or husband, or a pastor, or a deacon, or whatever, that it, it pushes you and forces you to grow more, Um I think that that's only true for those who have a heart to do so, meaning that there are a lot of dads who don't search the scriptures and say, I need to, I, I have a job to do. Um, there are many people who Josh, who see the trash need to be taken out and don't do it. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who see that there is something needs to be done and they go, eh. And so um, I think it's a, it's something to be grateful to God for his grace working in you that there is a desire for, Hey, if I'm going to be put in a place of leadership with responsibility, um, then I need to grow. And uh, I want to. That desire to even do that is um, a gift of God's grace. Amen. So who, now this, I want you to think very carefully before you answer this question. Because your future at Piney Ridge Church hangs in the balance. By a thread. Mm. Who has been the most influential person in your life? And now, Josh, we would expect you to say Jesus. So let's say the most influential non-son of God person. Who's been the most influential? It could be a person that's that you've known or interacted with, or it could be uh, someone just who you've read or, or whatever. Or it could be one from each category. Go ahead. It's open. Steve Howe, hands down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a soft uh, uh, I I would say um, you mentioned my dad earlier, Steve, and um, I um, I think there's a lot that that I learned from him without knowing it. Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of other things. And I I think now that he's gone, maybe I see some of it a little more clearly, but um, uh, my dad taught me a lot. Just growing up, we, we lived in a house and we had an elderly neighbor who his only son lived in LA. And uh, uh, I, I said this at, at his funeral, but I, I think I learned to cut the grass in my neighbor's yard because that was just what my dad did. He went and, and served people a lot. I remember, I don't, I don't remember quite where it was, who it was or what he was doing, but I, I remember it may have been just a summer where like two days a week, my dad went to somebody's house in Collinsville, Illinois to help them with some renovation project or fixing something up. And, and I went with him, um, and my parents' church was young when I was young, and and the amount of time I spent just working to prepare a space they were renting um, with my dad uh, really um, influenced me a lot. But then just 
there's other things about my my dad's character. Um, his dad died uh, in an accident when he was very young. Um, he was part of a big family. Uh, my dad, I guess, was eight, I think, when his dad died. Um, and just kind of, they had to be resourceful to some extent. And so uh, my dad was a... <laughs> A woodworker, he worked in a uh, a pattern shop making foundries, uh, but just learned to do other things because he had to. And so, uh, I like I like tinkering. I think as a result of being around my dad, uh, seeing him work and things. But then, even his uh, last few years when he was uh, fighting cancer and things like that. Uh, Frequently, it was a it was a prayer of mine that my when my dad was was weakened by cancer and when he couldn't do anything anymore and and uh, you know he'd often complain he wasn't allowed to lift over like ten pounds or something like that and what what good was that he loves splitting firewood and and uh, <laughs> and doing things like that camping and uh, that that it would just show him more that his strength was not his own and that um, to rely on the Lord for strength and how much in those final years, like the Lord used that to, to show that to me and show me how often I rely on my own strength uh, instead of his uh, it's just was really influential the past few years on me. And so uh Amen. It was, it was even that that uh, that I feel like he uh, influenced me. So very cool. Praise the Lord. Uh, I have one final question. Who's your favorite pastor? Hey, you. Hey, you can. Just, it's just between Steve and I. Nathan's not even on this. Man. This is this is <laughs> tricky. I, hey, but he does live next to Nathan, so yeah. <laughs> What would be the smart way to answer this? This uh, is where you can say Jesus. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so I think it, I think it was Steve that once in a sermon, if if I remember correctly, clarified that the St. Louis Arch is not a parabola, but it is in fact a a specialized catenary curve. And so I think yeah. on that alone, I'm that would have be to give it. I'm going <laughs> to have to give it to Steve. Yeah, uh, hey, I, I, I can. I can do that because I don't know what a catenary curve is, so that that works. Yeah, uh, a catenary curve simply, I think, is if you took a chain and suspended it between two points, the the shape that that would make. And the the arch is a specialized form in that it is as wide as it is tall. So yes, oh, see, learning Amen. stuff. Amen. That's God given. That's God given <laughs> ability right there. Yeah, so I think, so I think Steve's right now is saying that this is uh, this has been revealed to you from heaven. This yes. <laughs> so if you don't know that about me, I I, I am a nerd, <laughs> but a very cool nerd, Josh. Yes. I don't know about that. <laughs> well, Josh, thank you for uh, letting us put you on the spot here, and uh, which uh, I hope that. Uh, I hope that people that don't know you have uh, gotten a sense of who you are from this uh, podcast. And uh, we look forward to, uh, to having you. I, I haven't heard anybody say Josh Monroe shouldn't be a deacon. So uh, 
I look forward to uh, having you serve our church for many years. And uh, thank you for being on this with us. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Thank you. All right. We'll close it out if I can figure out how to stop recording this. We'll see you later. See you. What? Uh, David Neighbor doesn't come on and, and yeah. give his oh, little yeah, outro? David, oh, that's right. We'll, we'll, we'll oh. tell David. David, take it away. Thank you for listening. We have a new podcast each week, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes. For more information about Piney Ridge Church in Wentzville, Missouri, visit us online at pineyridgechurch.org. That's P-E-I-N-E, ridgechurch.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Piney Ridge. That's all for today. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday morning.